Hebrews chapter 11, 11, and we want to look at verses 6 and 7. We started a series a few weeks ago about challenges in 2023. And um, I do think it's a year of great opportunity, but no opportunity comes if we don't have challenges within our lives, and they are going to come. That's for certain. And God wants us to be readied for the challenges that do go our way. And so we're looking at Hebrews 11. And we're talking about people whom God attributed um, a wonderful title to, which he called the men and women of faith. And it's almost like that in Hebrews 11, a photo is taken of them, put in a portrait, and it's hung on the wall for all of us to see. And so God is speaking about these people. And I want to hasten, and I want to uh, quickly say that if some of you lived in biblical times, I think that God would have taken a photo of you and have put your photo in a frame, and he would have included you in Hebrews 11 as a man and a woman of faith. I've met some incredible men and women of faith within our church. And over the years, in other churches, and just people that I know, I could probably write a book on the men and the women and the boys and girls who are people of faith. And so in Hebrews chapter 11, you'll find out that they are men and women just like you and me. But because they chose to believe God, that means they heard God's voice. In obedience, they acted on it and they became men and women, boys and girls of faith. If we look at Enoch yesterday at the age of, what was he, 65, before he met God. You know, in the context of that day, he was a young child. He was a boy. He lived for over, what did we say last week? Something like nine, something like that. Well, we know his son lived to 969 years of age. Enoch, um, a little bit younger. <laughs> so he was like a little boy at the age of 60, you know, coming to meet God, 65. And so I see young people who are young people of faith. And so as we've read this passage of Scripture, I think some of you could have been named in it. And that excites me because it tells me that these men and women were people just like you and I. As a matter of fact, they sinned like you and I. They trusted God like you and I. Their situations in which they trusted God, yes, was unique. And we see all of them were different, but so are you and I. God has chosen for Jackie to walk a certain walk where she is a business lady in a company. He hasn't called me to walk her walk. 
She's got to walk her walk and she would be attributed as a woman of faith. Villa, God would have chosen this young man, Villa, and he has a particular walk for Villa. As Villa believes God and trusts God, he is considered a man of faith. So I want us to personalize the series because God is speaking to all of us and encouraging us within the series that we're looking at. So let's read Hebrews chapter 11, verses 6 and 7, and see what it says. Of course, you've read the entire passage at home. I know you've done that. Well done. If you hadn't, do it this week, please. Read through the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 6 and 7. It says this, and this is one of the key verses in Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 6 says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. We're going to talk a little bit about this verse as we marry it with verse 7. By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith he condemned the world. And became an heir of righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Now the background story is found in Genesis chapter 5 and all the way up to Genesis chapter 8 verse 22. We're not going to read the entire Genesis passage. That's for your background reading this week. But I will look at maybe three or four verses so you can put your finger in Genesis chapter 5, if you wouldn't mind. And I'd like you to have your Bibles, whether it's in paper form or on phone form, because I'd like us to turn to there. I didn't put it on there, because we have to use our Bibles where we come together. And I think with our screens, we can create a culture where we just look and we don't follow along. So I want to encourage you to do that. And so this morning, we want to look at the topic of Noah, as you so well understood as we read verse 7. And um, this morning's challenge to us, and the challenge that will come to us, is in the form of a warning. I must say, it was one of the more difficult passages to prepare on, because not many of us want to preach or, or teach on being warned. We want to preach on being encouraged. But my friends, when God warns us, it is in the form of an encouragement. And so I want you to understand that from the very beginning, because when we read the scripture here in verse 7, it says, by faith, Noah, 
when warned about things not yet seen. So we see that God warned Noah. So out of listening to the warning that God gave Noah and responding positively to that warning, God commended him as a man of faith. And so often in our culture, even Christian culture, we always want to look at the positive things, but we don't want to speak about the negative things. The warnings are there for our best. As parents, we really do understand that because we warn our children often. Who of you had not warned your children this past week of some of the dangers out there? God does the same thing. As our Father, He warns us about certain things. And I actually went just through the New Testament and I started reading just warnings in the New Testament and they are so many, I couldn't take one or two and just give it to you. You look at the book of Jude. The book of Jude is a book of warnings. And of course, in the book of Jude, it speaks about Enoch even. As a prophet spoke out about the wickedness within his day. We see First and Second Peter is a book of warnings. We go to the book of Romans, the first few chapters, and it warns us, about what will happen to people who live ungodly lives. It says that they will not inherit the kingdom of God. And there's a list of about nine things, eight or nine things that's listed. And people who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. God warns us about these things. I remember I was 15 years old. And um, I was involved in so many things as a child. And, and so I was involved in church activities throughout the week. My parents were so patient with me. And then during the day, I went to school, only in action, not really important much. And in the afternoons, I went out and I played sport. I loved sport. And so I had to get to the different places. And at the age of 15, my mom and my dad, they got so tired of taking me to the different places. They said, we're buying you a motorcycle, a motorbike. So they bought me this bike. But in South Africa, you could only get your motorbike license when you were 16. So my dad bought me the motorbike and he looked at me and he said, if you get caught riding on your motorbike, you're going to pay the fine. So I said, but dad, can I ride it? And my dad was, he says, yeah. But he says, I'll warn you that you pay the fine, otherwise you could go and walk or take your bicycle. And I had this beautiful, they call it an AC50cc Suzuki. It was the love of my life until I met Jenny. <laughs> and this motorbike, oh, I love this motorbike. And I remember with a very good friend of mine, Hayden Frankers, and I was his best man at his wedding, and um, him and I, he was a bit older than I, so he had his motorbike license, and so we would go riding. And one day I went to his house with his parents there on my motorbike, it was about a kilometer away from ours, and as I left his driveway, I drove down the road, the dreaded white Volkswagen Beetle with a light on the top, was waiting for me as I came around the corner. Now, I think they were waiting for me, this young Wallace. 
And as I came, the man stepped out, put up his name, and he said, you have been warned. And of course, they warn all of us at school that we can't do those type of things, but we didn't listen to their warning. And they fined me. Drove home to my house. I said, well, how can I get home? He says, if you go fast enough, the policeman, and I don't meet you around the next corner, <laughs> I won't give you another fine. <laughs> On my little motorbike, got home, and of course now I'm waiting for my dad to get home. My mom was much kinder than what my dad was those years. And my mom said, don't worry, Piet, we'll sort it out. She always got me out of trouble, my mother. And um, of course my dad came home, I told him what had happened, and he laughed and he said, Piet, I share the responsibility to you. I bought it for you, I knew it was gonna happen, but be warned if it happens again. <laughs> my friends, warnings are there for our benefit and for the benefit of others. And we see here that God gives Noah a warning. And he warns him, verse 7 says, about things not yet seen. And the Bible says, in holy fear, he did exactly what God said, and he built an ark to save his family. And the Bible says, by his faith, he condemned the world. Why? Condemned the world by his faith. Because he listened to God and responded to God, and he was saved. The world, because Noah became a preacher in his day, telling them about the impending judgment, the coming judgment. The world didn't listen, and in that regard, by his faith, the world was condemned. So I want to explain that part of the scripture. And the Bible says because he believed God and he preached, he proclaimed the message of God that people needed to repent of their sins and follow God. And when they didn't, he still continued to listen to God, built the ark, persevered under extreme pressure because people were laughing at him, people were mocking him. He said to them, a judgment is coming. And we know he did that for 120 years. <laughs> That's amazing perseverance, would you say? But he pushed through. And as a result of his obedience to the word of God, he was considered as a man of faith. It's not his action, but his listening to God, his belief in God. He believed God and the book of Romans and Paul says that that is counted to us as righteousness. And out of that act, you see, you cannot have faith without action, but it starts with belief. Anything that happens without belief is pure works. So faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. And you will see in the whole book of Hebrews, those who believe, acted but it starts always with belief
give you a brief summary of the biblical story of Noah and the ark. Because some of you may have never have heard the story of Noah, and it's true. God warned Noah that a flood was coming and that he was to build an ark. Noah obeyed and built an ark. By the way, in the ark, you could put about 125,000 sheep. That's how large it was. It had thousands of compartments or rooms. It took him about 120 years to build it. At this time, he was about five to 600 years old, relatively young in his day. Supernaturally, animals came into the ark in pairs. The Bible says male and female. Then God did exactly what he warned Noah about. The rain came and it rained for 40 days. They would spend a year floating in the unknown. And then God sent a universal flood, a diluge, that destroyed all of humanity except for the eight people who were in the ark. It was Noah's family. Some people would ask questions about what was the extent of the flood? Did it really cover the entire, entire earth? How large was the ark? How did Noah get those animals into the ark? How did Noah and his family keep the ark clean with all of those animals in? Good question. This week I ran across an article called All I Need to Know I Learned from Noah's Ark. So this guy says, and he makes a few statements. The first statement, he says, what I've learned from the story of Noah's Ark don't miss the boat. <laughs> Secondly, remember that we are all in the same boat. Plan ahead. It wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. No last minute preparations. Stay fit. When you're 500 years old, someone may ask you to do something really big. Don't listen to critics. Just get on with the job that needs to be done. Build your future on high ground. For safety's sake, travel in pairs. Love that one. Speed isn't everything. The snails were on board with the cheetahs. When you stressed, float a while. <laughs> Remember, the ark was built by amateurs, that the Titanic by professionals. And then lastly, he says, no matter the storm, when you are with God, there's always a rainbow waiting. My friends, the main warning that God gave Noah was that he was going to destroy the entire world through a flood. He said, build an ark and tell the people what's going to happen 
so that they can prepare themselves. The Bible says about Noah also that he was a man who walked with God. Genesis chapter 6, if you have your Bibles, look at that as I read it for us quickly. It's not on the screen. Genesis chapter 6, verse 9 says, this is the account of Noah. Let me just wait for you. Just put your finger in Genesis chapter 6 or your finger on the screen of your phones. Genesis chapter 6, verse 9 says, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. And what does it say? Just like with Enoch, and he walked with God, and he walked faithfully with God. So it gives us a bit of a description who Noah was, and God came to Noah, and he said, Noah, this is what you need to do. He warned him about the judgment to come. Now, my friends, it is no different today. The life of every Christian firstly points people to the wonderful message that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, should not die without God, but should have eternal life. My friends, the message of Noah was a message of redemption to bring people back to God because of the wickedness of its day. The message that every Christian bears through our faith and through our testimony is that God paid the highest price for the sin by sending his son to die on a cross like that. And when he died upon the cross, he took all of mankind's sin globally upon himself. And whoever would believe him, would believe the message, just like the message that Noah preached to his generation. If they believed the message, I wonder if they would have been placed for nine people. I wonder if they would have been placed for 10 people. I wonder if they would have been placed for a thousand people. We see that in the case of Lot's story, isn't it? Where God says, if people would turn to me, I will save the city. If there's so many people, I would save it. Then he brought it even down. He said, if there are so many people, I will save it. If there are so many people, I will save it. The mercy and the grace of God. The message is no different from the book of Genesis to the end of the book of Revelation. And you need to see that as we read the story of Noah. But the fact is that Noah was sent to proclaim the message. He was a man of faith because he believed God, because he walked with God. He was a man of faith because he preached the gospel. And he was a man of faith because eventually he inherited the promise. My friends, so he gives out a warning. And the warning is that every person on the face of the earth should turn to God and should trust him. It's the warning. My friends, it's no accident that you and I are here because God is sending out a warning to every single one of us. 
if you had never believed in God, that he came to earth and that he died for your sins on the cross. If you don't believe that message, you will come under the same judgment that the people in Noah's day came under. And that's with such sadness that I say that. Because the alternative is so real. Believe and look to God, this old hymn says, and you will live. Look to him, look to Jesus now, and love. And this is the warning that God sends out. My friends, your life in the workplace issues a warning to the person who has never believed. My friends, it is a terrible judgment that awaits people who don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. As the globe was drowned in water in the form of judgment, so one day when Jesus comes back and all who have not bowed the knee before him, all who have not confessed him as Lord and Savior, the Bible says, will die eternally in a place that the Bible calls hell. And that's the judgment that the word of God brings out. But my friends, you do not need to go to hell because Jesus lovingly and kindly opened a way for every single one of us where we don't need to do a single good work to go to heaven. We just need to believe what he says is true. And that is that you need to trust him as your Lord and Savior. That's people from every tribe, from every nation from the weakest to the strongest. The foot at the cross is level for all of us. There's no undulation in the ground. It is level at the cross for all of us. But the warning is, if you do not come, you will be judged for your sin. If you do come to the cross, and you believe that Jesus was judged for your sin, you will inherit eternal life. Isn't that wonderful news? Jesus was judged for your sin. But because of the holiness of God and the justice of God, you have to believe it. Because he is just and holy and he has to punish sin. He did it on behalf of us when Jesus died. But if you don't believe it, you cannot go free. That's the big warning that scripture gives. And so the story of Noah is about the big warning. My friends, you and I came to this country, those of us who are Auslanders, came here who are Christians, not just because of work, not because of a better life only, but because we bear witness to a God who loves the Swiss people and the international people, and we say to everyone, look at the cross and love. That's the message. You see, you would say, well, it is true in the book of Genesis when the world was destroyed by the flood, by water, after 
the year of floating around. And Noah sent out a bird and he came back in his beak with a bronze. It was declared that it was ready for them to go out and in the distance there was a rainbow. And the rainbow, God established the Noahic covenant which said that he would never destroy the world by water again. But we know that the world will be destroyed by fire one day. The entire globe. And it will be a purging of the world. Anyone, the Bible says that uh, man will die once and then the judgment. And so we know that when man dies, man, the man who without God will be judged for their sin. But then after that, God will destroy the world with fire. It's a purging that will take place and then he'll create a people for himself on the earth. The Bible says the new Jerusalem will come from the sky, will hover over the earth and so we'll be forever with him. But there will be another judgment but with fire. God has a wonderful plan of salvation but the warning is that we need to look to him. So we do see how do we respond when God warns us of certain danger. For those who are not believers yet, you need to believe that Jesus died for your sins on the cross. For us as Christians, there are many warnings in Scripture that if we don't heed those warnings, like I didn't heed the warning on the Meribah, there are consequences to follow. And as Christians, we will not forsake our salvation when we sin or when we don't heed the warning of God necessarily. But at the end of the day, we'll answer to God for it. Stand before him. And the Bible says, that we will give an answer for every word that is out of place even. Should we be scared? No, it's a warning that he gives to us. We need to heed those warnings. It's all the way through the word of God for Christians. And so you can read the New Testament and there are warnings for us. And so I want you to know that Noah challenges us with warnings that he issues for us. I want you this week just to go through your Bible as a Christian and just to look at some of the warnings that are given to us. The Bible does say the sexually immoral will be judged. <laughs> he says that the adulterer will be judged. Let's make sure that if we sin as Christians that we go to Jesus because 1 John tells us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. It was written to Christians, that letter. We've got to come and we need to deal with our sin as Christians as well. Even though we've been saved and God has put eternity within our hearts, he warns us in the scriptures of so many things. 
I wish I could tell, preach a gospel to you that is void of warning. <laughs> Would you agree that that's not the whole gospel? And it is so important that we bring up our children knowing that if they step over the mark, that there are consequences that do follow. Exactly the same for us. You know, there's, there's so much going on in our world that we do need to heed the warnings of God. He warns us because he loves us. As a matter of fact, the very book that we are studying today, the book of Hebrews, is a book of warning. From beginning until end. How about that? He speaks very positively about the new covenant that we've been saved into. It's a stronger covenant and it's a better covenant with better promises because Jesus is the very center of it. Amen? The very center of it. Just because we're preaching warning doesn't mean we take Jesus out of it. No, we are warned because Jesus is the very center of our faith. But the Hebrew Christians wanted to go back to Judaism. That means they wanted to go back to temple worship, to synagogue worship. They wanted to sing the Hebrew songs again. They wanted to get their children to get married according to the Hebrew tradition again. And yet they've been served into Christianity, which is a completely different faith from being a Jewish worshiper. And so the Hebrew writer, we don't know who it is, he says, you cannot go back to that lifestyle. And in Hebrews chapter 10 and 11, he warns them about going back into their old living. He says, we cannot shrink back into that. He says, we cannot do it. He says, we shouldn't do it. Hebrews chapter 10 Verse 39 says, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. And so we see that the whole of the book of Hebrews talks about warnings that we go through. And we need to heed those warnings. But how do we respond to those warnings? As a non-believer here today, you haven't believed yet, or as a believer today, and God is warning you about certain things, that if you continue in that way, that you're going to do damage to your faith and you're going to do damage to others. How do we respond? Well, firstly, I just think we need to come to God. (laughs) just need to come to God. Listen to what Hebrews chapter 11 verse 7 says. By faith Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen in reverent fear, constructed an ark for saving of his household. Noah, when God issued the warning to him, didn't run away from God. He actually came to God. My friends, when God warns us, do not run away from God. My friends, if you are tempted, when you are married, to have an extra marital affair, don't do it. When God warns you, because God warns us, don't run away from God, but run towards God. It's, I know it's an extreme example I'm using, but it's a very good example that I'm using. 
run, come to God, my friends. Saying that beautiful song this morning that we come to him. We see Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, and without faith it is impossible to please God. Because anyone, what does it say? Anyone who? Who comes to him. Must believe that he is. My friends, you need to come to him today. You need to come to him who died upon the cross for your sins, who was buried and who was resurrected. When you come to him, he gives you mercy and he gives you grace in your time of need. And the wonderful, refreshing water of the Holy Spirit flows over you and his blood continues to cover you. Isn't that wonderful news? It's always an act of faith to come to God or to approach God. Come to him. Don't come to anyone but to Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father through me. You don't come to a church, you come to Jesus. You don't go to religion, you come to Jesus. It's a relationship that you come to. Faith is not just a belief in a principle. It's a principle that becomes alive in Jesus Christ. It's a relationship. Faith is a relational word. Secondly, what do we do? When God warns us, believe him. (laughs) Have you ever been in the situation where your parents said to you, don't do that? And what happens? We don't believe them that it's going to come true. I see with my two sons. The one's 25, the one is 27. I think when you're younger, you really don't think that your parents firstly mean what they say and secondly know what they're talking about. As your children grow older, you'll see that. Especially when they're in university and they finish university, then they think you're even or more stupider than when they were teenagers. I felt that about my parents too. Came back from America, had finished Bible college and got my theological degree And I said to my dad, let's play chess now. Because when we were younger, I could never beat him. So I came back and I thought, man, I'm pretty smart now. Sat down and we started to play chess. Within two minutes, it was checkmate and he won. Realized I wasn't that smart. And only later I actually understood that God meant what he said. My friends, we normally don't take warnings very seriously. But my friends, when God warns us, we need to believe him. You need to believe it. Hebrews 11, 7 again. By faith, Noah being warned by concerning events as yet unseen. You see, it took faith to believe God because these things had not yet been seen. And so he had to believe got to believe God. 
How much? Just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. We never understand everything, but we've got to believe a little bit. And we see here that we must come to him. And then, of course, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says again, and without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him, say it with me, must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who urgently seek him. My friends, we must believe him. Let's help each other to believe him. Let's help our children to believe him. Let's help our friends to believe him because when God says something, he means it. There are many opinions within our world out there who says, no, this is what we need to do. The Bible is outdated. Don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. My friends, the Bible is not outdated. It is God's word. Then it is God's word now, and it will be God's word forever. And the warning is that if we do not listen to God's word, there are certain consequences. Just because it's a popular thought these days doesn't mean it is popular with God. I loved this quote by Henry Ford. Henry Ford once disagreed with his people who blindly followed market research by saying, if I had asked people what they wanted, they would have said they wanted faster horses and the motor car Ford would never have been bought. Don't follow popular opinions. Follow what the word of God says. And then lastly, when God warns us, I want you to know that if you listen to him, your faith will be rewarded. Maybe hard for Noah, it was 120 years that he did what he did and he didn't see the promise of what God says. How about that? You're building an ark, you're preaching a message and everybody laughs at you and says, ah, when is the flood coming? This man persevered in faith and God rewarded his perseverance. Scripture is very clear. It says in Hebrews eleven seven, by faith Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. He received the promise. Hebrews eleven verse six says, and without faith. It is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. It may seem a crazy idea today to put your faith in a God that you don't see and only in a word that you hear. But your response in faith will be 
rewarded by God. God is not like man that he should lie. God is for us. Let's respond to him this morning in faith.